You're listening to the Prime Culture Podcast, the young adult culture of abundant living faith setting with Cruz Ramirez and Mark McGaff. My people, Prime people, welcome back to another edition of the Prime Culture Podcast. Sitting here with Pastor Cruz. We got good things happening in October. Popping. Oh my God. Big things popping, to to quote T.I. T.I. Right. uh, Made his first reference on the podcast. That's good. (laughs) Hey, October 17th, big news, right? A21 campaign right here in El Paso, Texas. Yes, sir. Over at the West Church, we have a really exciting event. You're going to be hearing more about on on Instagram and probably here on the podcast as well. Keep your eyes open and your ear to the ground on that. We're going to be partnering with A21. And having the Global Freedom Summit um, really bringing awareness to human trafficking. A lot of us may not know this, but we are city number two in the state of Texas for being a hotbed for wow. human trafficking. And so um, part of why Prime Culture exists is to carry the vision of abundant living, which is to teach people how to enjoy the abundant life. Yeah. And part of that life is to be, live a free life. So we're really excited to take yeah. on a cause and make a difference. That's so exciting. Know? And you know what else is exciting? Today we have a very special guest. Oh. Um, second time on the podcast, we have our senior pastor, Pastor Charles Come Neiman. Come on. On the podcast today. Come on. I was driving here and I was like, how do we introduce Pastor Charles, <laughs> right? Like, because yeah. I, so I was thinking about this. So I, knowing we're going to talk with Pastor, I was like, okay, I want to think like Pastor thinks a little bit. Not that that's even feasible, right? But I was thinking, okay, the incomparable, but then past, I, I heard pastor in the back of my head, but like, Cruz, aren't we all incomparable? Like, there's only one of you, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know? Um, and so one of the things that came to my head was often imitated, but never duplicated. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. That's Our hilarious. pastor, Pastor Charles, thanks for being with us on oh, the podcast. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, uh, we love my it. Pleasure. We love it. We have so much we want to talk to you about. Oh, so much. So and much. I don't know if you guys heard about this. Maybe you haven't, um, but we are in a election year this hey. year. I don't know if you heard about it. When did that start? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and and it's really calm. Uh, there's no tension. Oh, yeah, none at all. No, no it's been whatsoever. actually pretty easy breezy. And so we're, we're jumping right in next month. Uh, big month. Uh, the future, the United States, right? No big deal. No big deal. No may, pressure. May, maybe the free world. Maybe the free world. You never know. No <laughs> pressure at all. Like, what do they say? America sneezes and the world gets a cold? Yeah. Is, that, is that what they say? <laughs> yeah. Something like that? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, here we go, right? And, and obviously, all of you that are listening, whether you're in your car or you're running on a treadmill with your mask on, um, <laughs> you are fully aware of the season that we're in because you see it all over social media, yeah. probably hear it on the news uh, every second, and probably even at family gatherings. But we kind of just want to crack this uh, topic open just a little bit and kind of get some wisdom from our senior pastor on it. 100%. You know, I, one thing, Pastor Charles, that I love about your leadership is that um, you draw a line that is so clear on where we stand, what our morals are, what our values are, what our standards are. But you do it in a way that's not necessarily polarizing, right? Um, and that's the that's the wisdom that we wanted to draw on, right? We, we, we don't want this to be a conversation about who we're supposed to vote for. You know, I appreciate your the integrity and the character of your leadership where as long as I've been a part of the church and in relationship with the church, I've never seen Abundant Living be a political church, yeah. right? You've always respected that that threshold and that that standard, um, but your values and how you how you lead your life and how you see the world is very very clear. Um, and I wanted I wanted to share that with our young adults, with our twenty somethings, thirty somethings, some which 
to be quite honest with you, Pastor, are probably going to be voting for the first time this year. And not just because they just turned 18, but because they're, they're in a place where there's enough awareness for them to say, wow, I can make a difference, right? And so in the last couple of months, I've gotten text messages from 24, 25-year-olds who are saying, Cruz, I'm going to vote for the very first time this year. I want to make a difference, right? And part of me feels so compelled to say, you know, I, if, if you haven't voted in your adult life, that means no one really taught you the power of, of your vote and the, 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 the beauty of democracy and the, the gift of God that we have to live in this country, right? Which probably leads to think that they, that they may have not have been taught on how to frame a worldview, you know, as an American, as a child of God, right? And um, man, I'd, I'd love to take a few minutes to just get, get some knowledge, some, some best practices from you as our pastor. I'm like, hey guys, this is what I want you thinking about as you were coming into voting season. Here's how I want you to frame your mind. Here's how I want you to behave yourself, et cetera, right? And so, pastor, tell us, where, where do we start with it? Uh, well, <laughs> thank you. Again, thanks for having me. I mean, it's, it's, it's really a minefield, and, um, you know, I, I, I try to navigate that minefield, whether it's voting season or non-voting season. Wow. Um, it, it seems to me now that we never leave voting season. Um, the day after whoever wins, uh, first Tuesday in November, the next campaign will more than likely begin that next day. Wow. Uh, because half of the country is going to be angry. Um, so to me, just a couple of things as you were talking that popped in my head that I've tried to live by for a long time is, A, I, I, I resist any attempt of anybody to make me become radical. Uh, by radical, I mean to, to become an extremist. Um, you know, I think... I think you know, the Bible's full of incredible wisdom for life, the best wisdom. There's no agenda behind it. No one's trying to manipulate me in the book uh, other than a loving, kind father that wants me to have a better life. And that's it. He's not trying to move me because he wants me to buy something or contribute to something. No, it's strictly for me to have a better life. Solomon said, Jesus said, Paul said, in your life, don't go to the right or the left. What do they mean by that? Don't become an extremist. Extremism blew up the towers. Extremism blew up the FBI building in Oklahoma City. History's full of extremism. And I'm not only talking about political extremism, I'm talking about extremism in any area of life. And I think you have to be very careful, right? I think we need to watch what we eat, but you can become an extremist. And you end up in a place that no one would want you to go to. It's extremism. Now, it may be an oversimplification, but for our point, I think it's valid. I think we have to be careful in, in our time today, and I don't think this is going to change now. I think the cow is out of the barn in America <laughs> uh, concerning rudeness, crudeness, mm. uh, wow. extremism in politics. Absolutely. I don't think we'll ever go back to polite debate. Um, you know, um, 
I, 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 think the, I think that day is gone. I think the world that a lot of people wanted when I was a young man in, my, in the 60s, that people thought would be utopia, is now here, and they found out that it's horrible. Chaos. But we can't. I, I, don't, I don't know how we're going to go back without a major move of God in our nation in the world. We don't live in an isolated country anymore. You know, we are affected by the world. So I think, A, you have to be careful with that. Uh, B, uh, I always, I, I, I consider myself an independent. I, I, I don't call myself a, a Democrat or a Republican. I probably vote more one way than in the last 20 years than I have the other. But I still go in and many times vote president one way and local another way. You know, or state differently. Uh, what I look for is, um, I, th I think we have to vote what is in harmony with the best that we can in harmony with Scripture. And what does this party or this candidate stand for scripturally? Uh, you're not going to find somebody that's 100%. But I think you need to try to find somebody that on major biblical issues that you feel would agree with Scripture in that area. Yeah, um, It's not always possible, as I said. The other thing that I, and these are in no particular order, the other thing I always tell myself is there's no perfect candidate. Yeah. Uh, never has been. Uh, I mean, there, there, there was somebody that ran against George Washington and voted for him. There were guys that voted opposite of Lincoln, right? I mean, these great men, right. these great leaders, there were people that did not vote for Nelson Mandela so or did not vote for Margaret Thatcher or Ronald Reagan. I mean, yeah. you can just make the list on and on. So I, 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 don't, I don't think there's a perfect candidate. I, I don't ever, I, I don't look for perfection. I just look for somebody that, that, not only in what they're saying, what does their party stand for? And can I live with that? Do right. I want to live with that? More right. importantly, do I want my grandchildren to live with that? Right. Do I want my children to live with that? Right. You know, do, is, is that what I want? You know, yeah. do I want this? Um, you know, uh, there are things that I don't. I don't want. Absolutely. Um, and then I I'm, I'm hope to be mature enough to say, okay, either candidate, uh, I'm probably going to find yeas and nays in each one. But on the major points that I think should be important, uh, how close are they to Scripture? Do I want, and then I also try to look at who's advising them. That's good. You know, who's, who's speaking into their world? Who's on the platform with them? And what are they espousing and what are they saying? Yeah. And, and what are the policies of that party across the nation? Um, and so, you know, I, th I think you have to put all of that in there, or I try to. And then at the end of the day, uh, I pray about it. I, I pray about it for a lot. I really listen to my heart and try to hear my heart. Because I, I think my vote is important. Um, 
I've been voting now since I was 18. So what's that, about 10 years? <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, I, th I think it's important. I, I don't remember missing an election. What I, I must say, the other night I was, I was at home, and I, I don't watch a lot of news. I, I try, to, try to get what I can maybe through Instagram or something, just little headlines and try to keep up with things. Because I feel like there's no unbiased news right. network. I think all of the networks are biased, and so I try not to let that bias get to me. Um, but I was watching something the other night, and somebody said, this is the most important election of our, li of, uh, of our lifetime. I said, well, that's what they said in 2016. And I also remember that's what they said when Reagan ran mm. in the 80s. It's the most important election of our lifetime. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I think I think every presidential election is the most important election. Uh, you know, I've got pastor friends of mine in other parts of the world, and they call me and they say, "What's happening to your country?" You know, America has got to settle down because what happens there bleeds over into other countries, and America has to be strong because if we're if we become weak then how weak are the weakest going to become, right? And I think we've lost vision of that. I, I think some people in our country have lost vision and don't want us to be a leader, you know? They, they don't want to be a leader. We, we shouldn't be a leader. Well, we are. So um, if you're not, you're not going to be happy with that, you know? You're not going to be happy with it. So... I think those are some of the things, Cruz, Mark, that I, I you know, feel strongly about. Um, I try, f my last point is, you know, I'm, I'm politically, I guess I'd say I'm, I'm an independent. What I would really say is I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican. I don't mean to make this sound religious. I am a child of God. Yeah, and um I'm a child of God before I'm an American, and I'm extremely proud of being an American. I'm a child of God before I'm a Texan, and I'm probably even more proud of being a Texan. But I'm a child of God more. And my allegiance is to that kingdom. Um, and I'm going to vote for someone that I feel, I, me personally, I'm not speaking now as pastor of Abundant Living. I'm speaking as Charles. I'm going to vote for somebody that I believe is going to protect the church, uh, is going to fight for our right to gather and to uh, and believes in the power of the church. That's beautiful. And uh, because the church is, Paul said in Timothy, is the pillar of truth in society. And make no mistake. Okay, and I don't believe this is a political statement. To me, it's an observation statement. There are forces at work in our nation and in our world that want to shut the church down. Absolutely. And there, and I, 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 people have been saying that for 50 years, and everybody laughed at them. But now, uh, it's becoming pretty clear. Yeah. Pretty clear. Wow, that's that's such good wisdom. Um, I want to unpack a little bit, um, and we, you know we don't have to stay here for very much longer because this is great, great stuff. So three major things, right? Vote scripture, right? Find find scripture, find a candidate whose party, right? Um, that's a, that's a big deal. So um, 
the reason I think that's a big deal, especially for you guys, you guys that are listening. If you if you watch, uh, and, and you're in the prime prime culture demographic, right? You're a young adult. If you watch what, what society and what culture, what media has done, they've they've created personality driven um, everything, right? Brands, outlets, shows, um, and culture is all about celebrity, the figurehead, the face, right? Um, you know, no, no shade to anyone that has, has built something. Right. But, um, I think that something that we need to be careful for is that if I don't just like the candidate, right. Especially when it comes to a president, right. Um, I can like the candidate and think they're incredibly charismatic and they're likable, et cetera. But at the same time, I have to be really aware of the agenda because behind every candidate, there's an agenda of an entire party, right. Um, And so you guys, I really hope you heard what pastor said in not just informing yourself on whether or not uh, voting on the likability of someone, right? Curb appeal, um, but being really, really well informed on, um, on what their party stands for on what they're on, who they run with and who they've been in, in, in relationship with. That's a big deal. I mean, you, we could talk about that principle for uh, pretty much every area of life. Um, But I really, I really want to pastor Charles get, get your thoughts and, and get your wisdom and your voice on this, that, you know, as children of God first, we do have a responsibility to scripture. We do have a commitment to the supremacy and the authority of the word of God. Um, and I think that if we're not careful, uh, you guys who are listening right now, if we're not careful, um, we'll, we'll abdicate and vacate the place of, of scripture and place opinion on it, Right. Um, I've, I've shared this before with our young adults, but um, David says this in Psalm 139 towards the end. He said, search my heart, O God, and find in me every wicked way, right? Um, find with me every wicked way and lead me in the way everlasting, right? <clears throat> that term wicked there doesn't necessarily mean evil, malicious, nefarious. Um, when, when David uses it in original language, it literally means an opinionated spirit that leads to disobedience and ultimately destruction, right? And so I think that if we're not careful, we'll have a whole generation of young adults who will say, well, you know, I, I love Jesus and I'm grateful for the scriptures that my church teaches me when I go twice a month. Um, but this other stuff, well, and here's what a wickedness sounds, sounds like. If we're talking about, about opinion, here's what wickedness sounds like. But I don't see anything wrong with that. Right. So now I've got two things on the scale. Right. The, the the authority of the word and the weight of my opinion. And one of those is going to win, is going to tip the scale. Right. Um, what, what, what are some things that, that we should carry in our heart and our thinking to really resist opinion and, and bring some fealty and some loyalty, faithfulness to the word? Well, I mean, when 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 you think about it, um, that that exaltation of opinion over war, over God's word, starting in the Garden of Eden, mm. you know, Eve said, "Look how good it is. Mm. You know, it's going to make us smarter." Mm. Well, I know, I know, God said we'll die, but, but, I think it's a real struggle. You know, uh, God in His infinite wisdom made us with free will. We can make our own choices. You know, I could get up from this interview right now, get in my car, drive down here, and rob a Seven Eleven. 
you know, God's going to love you. Can you imagine it. this? Yeah. God, you know, God, <laughs> on a Wednesday night, right? God, God's going to, you know. And come back and preach. <laughs> God, God's going to tell me all the way there, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Oh, you did it. Ah, you did it. Wow. Oh, I still love you. Now I'm going to be with you in prison. Okay? Um, and and your purpose and your destiny just wow. flushed, was flushed down the toilet. Wow. But it's your choice. Wow. You can make it. I think it's there, there. There has to come a moment in 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 your life. Well, I think all of us are faced with this moment, but will we will we see it and will we make the choice? And that is, who's going to have the final authority in your life? Yes, sir. Yeah. Come on. Uh, look, I, I'm I'm all for getting counselors. I'm all for getting advice. I'm all for getting lots of things. And the Bible says, in the multitudes of counselors, there's much wisdom. I'm all for it. But at some point, there's got to be a final authority. Yeah. A final authority that we don't deviate from and we don't, it's not looked at equal to all the other advice. There is a final wow. authority. And I believe that final authority has to be and should be and needs to be the work. And now I know some people listen probably say, well, of course we expect you to say that. Okay. But show me any other source of wisdom in the history of the world that has produced as much good fruit. Wow. It's not even close. Wow. It's not even close. Wow. Not Shakespeare, not Nietzsche, no. not anyone. No. And, wow. you know, there's a lot of them you can quote and this and that. And they're, and they're good and they're wonderful. But even in quoting it, you can find scripture. Oh, absolutely. That... Said Absolutely. it centuries before Zig Ziglar said it or whoever, <laughs> right? And yeah. I love Zig. Me too. Great man. Love. Whoever it is. So I think that um, to me, you know, if, if, if we're going to live as Jesus instructed us to live, Matthew 16, if you're my disciple, you know, you're going to have to follow me and you're going to have to take a stand. Uh, King James says, says, take up your cross, but literally means take, take a, stand. a stand. It also means to drive a stake in the ground. Wow. Meaning this is, this are my boundaries. I've driven my this stake in. This is where I'm going to live. This is me. This is who we wow. are. As for me and my house. Right. Wow. You know, so there's so many statements that harmonize. So, you know, I've, I've got to take a stand, you know, and, and, you know, Jesus said, um, Paul said, having done all to stand, stand therefore. So, you know, so what, what makes up having done all to stand? Yeah. What does that mean? You know, so I think you, you got to know, well, what are you going to stand on? Am, am, am I going to stand on, on the wisdom and, the, and the, the stability of the word? Or am I going to stand on fleeting public opinion? Wow. Uh, the waves of the sea, wow. Paul called it. The winds that blow, that's the sands that shift. Huh? Right. Yeah, I mean, which, which, which one am I going to build on? It's my choice. It's my choice. Nobody's going to come down and do it for me. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know, my prayer, my hope, I've given my life, continue to give my life to, to, to try to get people to see the absolute wisdom of building their life on rock. Absolutely. And, you know, making the word the final authority. 
It was one of the greatest things I ever read. I actually read it in an E.W. Kenyon book uh, back in the 70s, uh, about uh, actually the 80s, about uh, that the Word needs to be the final authority. And I remember when I read it, I thought, well, there now, what are you going to do with that? You know, and Dr. Kenyon said, above the word of a, of a lawyer, above the word of a, wow. of your doctor, above the word of your most trusted friend. Wow. The word of God has got to be the final authority. Now, here's what I love about that about that right there. So if, it, if that was the 80s, you were in the same demographic that you're speaking to right now. Yeah. If that's the 70s, 80s, right? You're a young adult, you're 20s, 30s. Yeah. Newly married. Right. Yeah. And what, what a revelation, right? Which I would venture to say that that has been bedrock, fundamental for your life. Yeah. Right? Actually, it was in the 70s, late 70s, yeah. Ah, so, so you're... you're yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, it was, it, was, it was critical, you know, and we made the decision that we were going to live that way. It wasn't easy. Uh, <laughs> wasn't easy at all. I mean, we were ridiculed, laughed at, mocked, uh, criticized. We were told we were crazy. We were told we'd become fanatics. We were told that, you know, yes, the Bible says that, but God also gave you a brain. What, what does that mean? Wow. You know, I mean, when you, wow. when you pull these things out, you know, you're like, well, what, what does that mean? You know, I, I hear people, I used to hear people say all the time, yeah, I know the Bible says that, but God gave us wisdom. Oh, so there is a wisdom above wisdom. Okay. That's all opinion, you know, man. Wow. It's just, it's just this deal wow. where people, to where, in my humble opinion, people don't want to do what it says. It's my opinion, my will, my want, my desire above God's word. Yeah. Period. And it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. All the way back. Wow. Right? And, and uh, you know, the whole deal there, with Adam and Eve, and I, I, wish, I wish the translators had translated it correctly. And I haven't read a Bible yet where they did translate it correctly. But, you know, when Satan comes to Eve and he says, and the King James text says, and all of them I've read have said, says, uh, did God say? That's not what it said. In the literal Hebrew, he said, why did God tell you you can't eat of that? Wow. He was... You, come on, he, Satan was smarter than to come up and say, right. you know, God didn't say that. He knew he said it. He said, why? What he, wow. God heard a question was God's motive. Wow. Mm. You know, what, his motive. And she said, well, because he said, if we eat it, we'll die. You won't die. He knows. He didn't tell you the whole truth. I'm going to tell you the whole truth. He knows that if you eat that, you're going to be like him. So she said, Let's do it. Right? Wow. So the, the whole temptation was on God's motive. Well, I think you have to get that settled in your heart, mm. right? And that's why we teach so much, and I don't think we can teach enough, that, that this being we call God, who we are privileged to call Father, Amen. is loving, Amen. benevolent, generous, Amen. kind, has no hidden agenda other than to give you a better life and take you to heaven. Come on. Come so on. why are we fighting with him? Come on. You know, why, why, why are we, you know, I'm sure you guys, I know you guys have heard me pray at church many times. You know, I say, you know, God, we're not here to argue with you today. 
And I say that on purpose because I think there are people in the crowd Absolutely. who are arguing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I did for years. Wow. I argued with God. Wow. There were verses I loved, I embraced, I oh, wow. I love that. And there were verses I argued about. Wow. I just argued. And there were verses I flat out told him, I'm not going to do that. Wow. Or I can't do that. You're crazy. Wow. And then finally one day I realized. You know, this is a losing battle here. <laughs> you know, this is a losing wow. battle. You know, and uh, it's funny. I, I I say this to you here. Uh, the other day, I was talking to somebody, and they and they had some really lousy things happen in their life. Really been out of shape with God, and but we were having a very open, honest conversation, and I was listening, and they were talking, and they were listening while I was talking, and. Finally, I just looked at the guy. He was a guy. And I looked at him and I said, look, I'm going to say this to you. He said, well, yeah, go ahead. I said, okay, I'm going to tell you this. I said, if you're sitting here waiting for God to come down and give you an apology, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Oh, wow. And he wow. looked at me and he said, you know, I, I think I have been. I wow. said, yeah, I think you have been. And I said, and I'll be frank with you. Wow. I've sat in my house waiting for one, too. They don't come. Wow. What comes is, is that God says, there's stuff that happens. I didn't do it, but I'm going to bring restoration to you. And when it's over, we're going to rub the devil's face in it. Come on. Wow. And you'll be happy. Come on. Wow. But as long as you sit here and blame me, Right. Wow. You know, you shake your fist at the only being in the universe that can fix it. I wow. mean, it's, but it's that, it's that arrogance in us mm. uh, that we have a hard time embracing humility. Um, but, and to me, when I came around full circle on that was when I realized he really does love me and he's not trying to play games with me. Wow. And he knows how difficult this world can be. He came and lived in it. He lost loved ones. He had people betray him. He was lied about. He was forsaken. He was robbed from. He was stolen from. His most trusted friends abandoned him in his hour of greatest need. So he knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to be sick. He knows what it's like to be poor. He knows what it's like. He's been through all of it. And he says, I overcame it, and I'm going to help you to overcome it. It's beautiful. So when I, when I embrace that reality that he really is for me, then all of that contention between us just melted away. Sure. Yeah. And I realized that he is on my side. Yeah. Well, that's what it is, though, right? That's that that right there, when you when you just make the decision to believe and submit to that believing, you fasten yourself to that believing, right? That's making a stand, right? Sometimes sometimes the, the most powerful stands we make aren't even, aren't even out loud. No, right? the most powerful ones you make are internal. Yeah, no right. question. You know, hundred percent. And and I think that. Um, you guys, as you're, as you're listening to this, I really hope, and you're, you're probably going to need to rewind the last 10 to 12 minutes yeah, and sure. listen to it again because there's so much gold in that. There's so much gold. And if you ever needed, 
if you ever needed proof and or a time machine as to whether or not making a stand to believe God and his word and making his word final authority, I think you can look at the life of Pastor Charles Neiman. Oh. And for you know, forty plus years later, fifty plus years later, I'm, you know, whatever whatever that is. I've been a um, Christian now for fifty two years. My goodness, right? So <laughs> that's a time machine for us, yeah. right? Look at the fruit of Pastor's life, yeah. right? Look at the fruit of his faith, and and the determination to make the Word of God final authority, yeah. right? And that that right there should be enough to convince us. Right, that I, I need to make a stand also. Yeah, and I think that I think that as you're listening too, you have to understand that you know the fruit from Pastor's life. Obviously, you know his family has yeah. has benefited and eaten from that fruit. Yeah. But there are thousands of people, you even listening, that you are benefiting from that decision. Yeah. And so when you make that type of decision, it's not just a decision for you personally, which yeah. obviously that's the most impactful, obviously, but. That decision is going to reach into your family. It's going to reach into the people that come in contact in your life, not just as you're 20 years old, but as you're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. That decision is going to have so much fruit that the people that you come in contact with are going to be the direct uh, beneficiary of that. And so your decision is so powerful for you, but it's powerful for everybody else around you. Yeah, you know, Jesus Jesus compared, said the kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed, which one it is sown is smaller than all the others. But when it grows up, it's greater. And the part that I always loved, and it says, and many birds come and lodge in the branches thereof. Yeah, you know, I mean, what a what a great thought. Okay, you grew the mustard tree so that you could eat the fruit, the leaves of the mustard tree. Even take the leaves and sell them. But you never thought about the birds. Mm. Right? But he did. So people come and live in that tree that you grow. Now, you only grew that tree maybe for you and your family, sure. but there's a lot of other birds that come and live in that tree. Yeah. And, you know, to me, that's that's one of the great joys of serving God is, you know, I, I, I've i lived here long enough now that, you know, I dedicate the children of children I dedicated. <laughs> and, um, you know, praying that I'll live to be able to dedicate the children of the children that I dedicated, you know, the grandchildren. Um, so, you know, I think that that, that to me, that should be a motivator, you know? Um, God, we, we don't need more selfish people in the world today. We need more people that are saying, my choice, my decision it's not just about me. You know, there's a lot of things that I have not done, not because I couldn't do them, but because they, what was the impact it was going to have on the people connected to me? You know, Paul said, all things are lawful to me. I mean, what a statement, Mark. I mean, I, I mean, listen, all things are lawful to me. Paul said, I can go out of here and do anything I want and I'm still going to go to heaven. All things are lawful to me, but all things are not profitable. And he made that choice, and history is full of men and women who made a choice that maybe they could have done something else, but they made a choice because it was going to benefit others along with themselves. I'm not going to say I haven't had a great life. I've had a wonderful life, still enjoying my life. 
But, you know, there were choices that we made um, financially, socially, spiritually uh, that we made that there was a price. And a price oftentimes was the loss of friendships. The price was loss of family. The price was maybe loss of opportunity. Um, you know, but, but we felt strongly about that choice and we made it not only for ourselves, but for our children. And because we also believe that our lives were connected to others, some of which we saw and some of which we had not seen yet, you know, and so we needed to be careful, you know, when you knock over that first domino, you know, where are those dominoes going to stop falling? And um, I, I've, I've always tried to, when I could, to make decisions very slowly and to think, to project. So if I hit this domino, what's the one behind it and where are they going to quit falling? Positive and negative, you know? So if I, if I go this way, I can see from history or from the Word wow, it's going to produce this great fruit. Well, then I want that. So I'm going to hit this one, bink, so it'll take me there. Mm. I can also look at history in the Word and see that if I hit this domino, i.e. David with Bathsheba, where that's going to go. No, that sucks. I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm not going so there. Good. I can. I can. Right? Like I said, I can go over here and rob a 7-Eleven. I can, but it's, it's not profitable. Wow. Wow. But not only not for me, for wow. everyone connected to right. me. Wow. Right. Right? So I, th I, th I, think, I think God, to me, that's wisdom. I, see, I, I don't look at that as a burden. And I know sometimes you know, I've had people say to me, well, the way you live, you know, that's just so, it's so heavy and it's so burdensome. I, I don't look at accountability as a burden. Mm -hmm. I look at accountability as protection and, mm -hmm. and actually freeing. Right. It's actually freeing, you know, because I know I have this border. You can't just live life without restraints. Mm -hmm. That's called lasciviousness. Wow. Life without restraints. There's no border. Mm -hmm. That's stupid. You can't live that way. <laughs> Sorry to be so blunt. But <laughs> no, good. thank you. No, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Thank you. It's so good. I mean, we're uh, talking about having more fight left. This whole conversation today is about, is about fighting, is about fighting for, back. you know, your present, yeah, but also absolutely. leading into the future. Absolutely. You know, I love that decision. verse in Proverbs. I'm sure you all have quoted it, right? A righteous man gets knocked down seven times, gets wow. up eight. I, th I, th I think you got to, I, th I, I think you, you, you have to choose that, that you're going to be that guy, the eight guy, hmm. right? But I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> I love that. I'm, I'm not going to be the fall down at six and not get up. Wow. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to get up. And because if I don't get up, you know, um, Satan's not going to call a timeout, you know, and the world's not going to call a timeout. You know, when Rochelle died, you know, it was, it was, it was devastating, you know. I mean, it was, it was devastating. And... You know, I, I, I wasn't mentally prepared for it. I'd never allowed, really allowed that thought to meditate in my mind. I'm not going to say the thought had never entered my mind. Of course it did. 
but I would push it away and I would continually just believe and, you know, and then it happened. And, you know, I remember that first night, you know, she passed away on a Sunday morning and that first night when everybody left the house and I went upstairs and, oh my God, you know, it was just, it was unbelievable. It was, it was unbelievable. You know, and I, I just broke and wept and cried. You know, I could still smell her perfume and, you know, and I, I mean, it was just, it was. And, this, and then this sense of the fear of the future and what was I going to do and how was I going to live and, you know, what was I going to tell the church when we had taught healing and now she, she died and. You know, the majority of the church didn't even know she was that sick, you know, because she'd never let us tell anybody. My friends didn't even know she was that sick. There was probably five people in the world that knew she was at stage four besides our immediate family. Um, and I remember uh, I began and I laid there in bed and I said, uh, I said, you know, God, I'm going to ask you to do me something, a favor. I said, I'm going to ask you to cause my life to bear more fruit in the next 30 years than it has in the previous 60 years. I said, I'm going to live my life with vengeance. I will get my vengeance. And that vengeance will be that I will see more people come into the kingdom of God. You know, when John the Baptist died, Jesus went out and healed the sick. Spectacular. You know, he could have gone and killed Herod. He didn't. He went out and healed the sick. And he went right back to the kingdom, you know. And I think if we focus on that, then there's a strength inside that kingdom that we don't even know about, but God knows about. And that strength begins to flow into us. Mm -hmm. And it's supernatural. It's not even what, what you believe for, but it just comes to us, you know. I love what David said. He is a very present help in time of trouble. It's not that he's just present. I hear people say all the time, you know, God's present. Yeah, but he's here to help. Mm. Don't forget that part. Mm. Okay? He's not just standing there watching you, man. He's here to help you. You know, he's a very present help in time Beautiful. of trouble. Beautiful. And um, so, you know, and the other thing that, that I decided um, and had decided years ago was... Uh, you know, it's it's okay to think about quitting. Just don't quit. Hmm. And and if you quit, is life going to get better? Right? If you quit, if you quit serving God today, is life going to get better? If if you quit walking by faith today, is your life going to get better? If you quit confessing the Word of God, is your life going to get better? No, it's not. It's not going to get better. You know, so if I quit, was my life going to get better? If I quit, was was Rochelle going to be raised from the dead? No, she was still going to be gone. Monday was still coming. So Monday morning I got up and went to the gym, you know, because that's what I did. And uh, I did New Year's Eve that night, New Year's Eve service, you know, and did Wednesday night and did the memorial on Friday and did the weekend services on the weekend, you know. Why? Because that's what people do. You know, you, you got to get up. You know, you got to get up. 
you got to be willing to put one foot in front of the other and accept that there are things that go on that you may not understand. But I, I think you got to grit your teeth and you got to get angry and you got to decide this is who I am and this is what my life is going to stand for. It's easy to talk big faith when your pockets are full and you feel good and your wife thinks you're the greatest thing that ever lived. It's, but are you going to talk that when your pockets are empty and you don't feel good and your wife doesn't even want you in the flipping house with her? Are you going to talk big faith then? Because that's when it really counts, right? It's one thing. I was re- I've been reading a book recently about it, written by a Navy SEAL about leadership. And he said that for 30 years, special operators in America fought no war. From Vietnam to the, Del- to the Gulf War, they fought no war. They had a 72-hour thing in Grenada. That was it, 72 hours. Most of them didn't even get down there. Wow. He wrote this book. So all of their training and all of it was speculation. Theory. And he said, and then suddenly we're in it. And we discovered that all of this stuff, not all of it worked. And he said, he said we had to fix it on the fly. Real time. That's with incredible. real lives on the line. And he said, you know, thankfully, you know, we had smart operators and we had good commanders and, and we had guys that had no ego. So, you know, what, what's, what's my point? My, my point is it's easy to talk tough Navy SEAL when you're sitting on Coronado Island and you're, but it's another thing when you're in Iraq and I'm quoting the guy on the book. It's another thing when you're in Afghanistan and Fallujah and they really are trying to kill you. So that's, that's, that's when you make your decision if you're going to be a Navy SEAL. Wow. And it's when, you know, Mike Tyson, the prophet Mike Tyson said once, you know, everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the face. Yeah. I love that. And I lo- I've always said, wow, what a statement. Wow. And that's that's when you had to make that's that's when you had to make the decision ahead of time. This is who I am and this is what I'm gonna stand for. I, I think it's very hard to make that decision when your nose is bleeding. You have to decide back there. Yeah. That this is who I am, you know. That great statement by Joshua quoted earlier, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. He didn't say that when they were in the desert. He said that when they were already in the promised land. He was finished. They'd conquered the land. And then he said, as for me and my house. But he had already made that decision back 60 years before Hmm. that this is who he was and this is how he was going to live. So I think you have to make that decision, you know. I think you have to decide, um, is this your pearl of great price? Or are you still looking? Are you still looking? Jesus said the kingdom of God is if a man looking for goodly pearls finds the pearl of great price, goes and sells everything, they can have that pearl. You know? And what he's saying is the kingdom of God is that pearl. So have you found that pearl? I can't make that decision for any of the people listening tonight, today. You have to make that decision. 
this is my pearl. Wow. My life is going to stand for this. My family wow. is going to stand for this. I'm going to be this kind of husband, this kind of father, this kind of friend, this kind of man, wow. this kind of child of God. This is what I'm going to be. When they write the history book of mm. my life, they're going to see a consistency running through that. That I, I, I said I believe this, and 60 years later, I'm still there. Mm. And to me, that is the greatest testimony. You know, that come hell or high water, uh, you're still there. Wow. And, and you didn't wave the white flag. Wow. You know? Wow. And uh, so I, I, I think you have to decide. And now is when you decide in your 20s and 30s. I, I didn't wait till I was in my 50s to make that. It would have been too late. It would have been too late. I would have already gotten tripped up somewhere. But I made that decision uh, in my 20s, yeah. you know, yeah. without knowing everything I know now, but I made it based on what I knew then, that this is what these were going to be the boundaries of my life. There were certain walls I was not going to jump. I was not going to jump the wall of adultery. I wasn't going to jump the wall of physical abuse. I wasn't going to jump the wall of stealing. I wasn't going to jump the wall. I wasn't going to jump the wall. I wasn't going to jump it. You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? If you have a dog in your backyard, what's the worst thing that can happen? That dog jumped that fence. Because once he jumps that fence, he's going to keep jumping it. Fence will never stop him again. Wow. Never stop him again. And once he jumps your fence, he's going to jump other fences. Wow. Wow, it's remarkable. So don't jump the flipping fence. <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah. jump the fence, oh man. No, this is, you know, this is Stay phenomenal. in your boundaries. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Wow. It's phenomenal. Like it's not that it's not that hard to explain and it's not that hard to do really. Once you build the boundaries. Yeah. Once you build Stake the boundaries. Yeah. And the last thing I would say is if you don't have somebody you need to pray and ask that God bring you somebody that the thought of you calling them and telling them you're not going to believe what I did, terrifies you. Because you respect them so much that the thought of calling them and saying, oh my God, I can't believe I have to tell you this, mm. will stop you from ever having to make that phone call. That that sounds like a conversation we need to have with you again. Not again, but with you soon. Yeah. Um, two, two things as we, as we end our conversation. Um, one, that, that specifically on accountability, I heard you share that, oh, Pastor, I'd say maybe 13, 14 years ago at, wow. a, at a spring conference, okay? And I took that to heart. I was, oh man, I was, um, I was like 27. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I'm not going to say how old I'm. It's my birthday on Friday, but I'm, I'm at least 37. At least? I'm at least 37. <laughs> Just a puppy. <laughs> but... But I, I think I was, I was probably about 26, 27. And um, within with very, very short time, I found one or two people that became that for me. And to this day, they're still that for me. And there, are, there have been moments here and there where just the thought of like, man, I don't want to call them and tell them I did this. I, I just, that kept me from doing it, from doing it. Because I was all there. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Something else that 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 um, blessed blessed me and 
it really goes in line with just taking the stand moving forward. I heard you say this, man, years ago. You just said, you know, if you don't, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Anything. You know? And uh, you guys, as you're listening to this, man, I'm, I'm, as one of your pastors, and we're here with our pastor, yeah. right? Um, man, we're not called to live a life of always falling. Right? We're called to live a life of standing. Yeah, you know, it almost sounds too simple, you know, but you can say no to temptation. <laughs> I rewind that back, what, right? Yeah, yeah, listen to that say again. that again here, here, for the people in the back. Here's a new, here's a new option. You can say no you to temptation. No. Oh, what a You thought. can say no. I was walking what off a, a flight one night, late, 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 late night flight into Atlanta. We got delayed coming out of Dallas, got into Atlanta. I was flying into the Carolinas to preach. So uh, I was going to have to overnight in Atlanta. I'm walking off the flight, and the flight attendant standing there, beautiful woman, reaches over, says, thank you for flying with us tonight. I feel something in my hand. I walk up the jetway, and I look at my hand, and there's her phone number and hotel. Hotel and phone number. And says, call me. So I'm walking up, right? Now I'm in a town. No one knows me. No one knows where I am. I went to my hotel, and I called Rochelle. And I said, you're not going to believe what just happened to me. She started laughing. I said, why are you laughing? She said, because of all the guys I know, you're the least I would be worried about. Wow. Wow. You know, um... Was she beautiful? Yeah. Was she tempting? Absolutely. Could I have done it? In a heartbeat. Would anybody have found out? Probably not. But what are you going to do with you? Come on. Wow. You know? And I, I, I think you have to have some... some uh, some things that you just don't climb down from. You know, and you, your your life has to stand for something. It has to stand yeah. for something. You know, you, to me, your life has to stand for something. You know, I am this. This is who I am. Whether anybody else gets it or not, I'm not doing it to get a parade. You know, I'm I'm doing it because it's important to me, to me, and it's important to him. Amen. Because at the end of the day. Your mama ain't going to be waiting for you. Your grandmother's not going to be waiting for you. Your wife or your husband's not going to be waiting for you. It's going to be the master. Mm. And I think you want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Right? And being good and being faithful and being a servant are choices, not gifts. Anybody. Come can do those three things. Anybody. I can't sing. I can't jump. I can't dance. I can't do any of that stuff. But I can be good. I can be faithful. And I can be a servant. So he has qualified and made it possible for all of us. He didn't say, come in because you can sing good. No. Wow. Wow. Good, faithful servant. Wow. Anybody can do that. Wow. Anybody. 
if you can be good, if you can be faithful, and if you can serve, you've got more fight left. Yeah, that you've never goes out of left. style. Wow. It's incredible. Thank you, Pastor Charles. Yeah, Thanks thank for you. having me, guys. Thank you. Let's do it again. Can we Let's please? come in and talk yeah. about yeah. accountability or whatever. Let's do it, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Whatever y'all want to talk we about. We want to hear about your relationship with your pastor. Yeah. That would that would bless us. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah I'll tell you some funny stories. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't When I didn't wait. like what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, you guys, as you're, as, you're, as you're wrapping up, I want, I want you to do a couple of things. Number one, I want you to go follow our pastor at yeah. Charles Neiman on Instagram. It will bless your life. Um, shoot him a DM. Let him, let him know after you hear this. Let him know that this blessed you. Um, and make sure you're always saying thank you to our pastors, man. And nothing you can do is come to church, okay? Come to That's church. What we live for. Come to church. Come to church on Sunday. Come to church on Wednesday. And participate. You know, absolutely. Be good, be faithful, and serve. Let's make a difference, man. Yeah. Right? It blesses us when we see 20-somethings just all over the church, mm. just taking ownership of the church, right? And so we want to see you guys there. Let's Let's fight. Let's fight. To, to carry to carry this faithfulness, to carry this man's faithfulness and his family's faithfulness into into places they never dreamt it would go. Beautiful. Right? So thank you. Let's do that. All right, Pastor, we love you. Uh, we love, love you. This you is guys. brilliant. This Enjoyed is brilliant. It. It's been fun. This Thanks. is so good. Wow. Nothing else to say. Nothing else to say, but come back next week. But come back. Because Friday's Prime Day. Hey. We got another Prime Culture podcast coming right your way. And it's coming in hot in October. We're talking about all things worship. We've got some good stuff coming your way. We got some good stuff. Until then, go ahead and beat the culture. Hey, let's go.